0: hey guys welcome to my eighth episode on my podcast b plus thoughts and today we are going to talk about what would you do scenarios and situations and today i have two guests with me i have angela my friend and beverly my friend i don't know why i said it like that but yes they are joining me on this podcast and we are just going to talk about different scenarios that we have All right, so this first scenario is a relationship, and yes, there are LGBT um, relationships in this, so hang in there if you hear some names that you're like, whoa, what's going on? But the first scenario is Dan and Sam have been together for a number of years, but after a rough patch in their relationship, they decide to take a break, have some space apart, and reconnect in a month or so. During this break, and I'm going to emphasize this, break, Sam slept with someone else. Dan found out and got angry, but Sam reminded him that they were on a break, and technically they weren't together at the time. So, I'll start off with Beverly. What do you think on this?
1: Hi, guys. So, my name is Beverly, and in this situation, I do feel like they were on a break, so... He was not in the wrong. Like I think they were on a break, so a break is a break.
2: I feel like at the break is like kind of like free game in a way, because you're not really together.
1: What do you think?
0: Uh, I I think differently, of course, emotional me. I think differently <laughs> because I feel like a break is just think of it like this at your job. When we, for example, me and Beverly are teachers. When it is winter break, are we looking out for other jobs? No, we're not. I mean, we could be. I might be. We, we could be. Hello, hello, part time. Hello, part time. I might be looking
1: out for other jobs.
0: But I don't feel, maybe that's just me. If we're taking a break, maybe we're trying to look for something different. So maybe it's not a break. Maybe it's over. a breakup and it's over. But you don't want to admit it? I don't know. I I, I feel like, yes, that's wrong if they were on a break, if they had the intentions of getting back together. But that's not what I don't feel in this situation. That's what the break calls for. It calls for a breakup.
1: I see what you're saying. Pretty much a break is you guys just taking a little bit of time from each other. But if you're starting something new, is it really a break?
0: Or did you just learn something by sleeping with somebody else?
1: Damn.
2: Deep.
0: I don't know. I don't know that stuff. What do you think, Angela?
2: Um, I don't know because I'm like always in the gray area. Like, like you said, like they're yeah, they're taking a break, but they have like hopefully some intention to get back together. But at the same time, it is a break as well. But like at the same time, what does a break entail? You know, like are we? I think uh, they have to like communicate with each other. Like, oh, during the break, we're not going to see each other. So there's that, or they can be like, Hey, we're going to take a break. So maybe you can see, you can, um, maybe set those boundaries at the beginning
0: or before that breakup happens on what this is actually going to be. If it's actually a break Break. or if I'm just over you and give me space.
2: Right. Because like, if, I don't know, to me, unless they say otherwise, I feel like a break is this close to being like a breakup. Yep. Unless they say otherwise, of course.
0: Yeah. That makes sense. I, I think that's a tough one. I think it just all depends on every situation. Um, but that was a good topic of conversation. So we'll move on to our next scenario. So this next scenario is uh, two people, Simon and Marissa. They have been dating for a couple of months. And when Marissa found out that Simon had been sleeping with somebody else too, Marissa got upset and says that although they hadn't spoken about it officially... She thought that they were exclusive. Simon apologizes for upsetting her, but doesn't think he's in the wrong because they're not in a relationship. So, Angela, go ahead.
2: I feel like they should have said it or like, yeah, said it from the start so that they both know where they stand. Because I don't know. I feel like people have different definitions of dating. Like to the girl, she thought like dating, like, oh, they're exclusive or whatever, and then the guy thought, oh, we're just, like, hanging out or something. So, they're he's just going to go and see,
1: like, other girls, I guess. Yeah. Simon is toxic as fuck. He knew what the fuck he was doing. He knew what he was doing. <laughs> see, the dogs agree. The dogs agree. <laughs> we have dogs
0: over here, guys. And they agree.
1: Simon was being wrong. What was... Simon's intentions of fucking two girls at the same time. Stick with one. Get to know them. You can't really be getting to know both of them at the same time while you're fucking them at the same time. Your mind is going to be so confused. So he knew what he was doing. He was getting two girls at the same time.
0: I kind of agree with that. I mean, he's toxic. I mean, who isn't toxic? (laughs) But I do think that she had a right to be upset just because, at least in the gay community for me, if I'm talking to a guy and I'm messing around with him, but we're not exclusive yet, I mean, it, you don't have to let me know anything, but just cut me off. Let me know. Because if you are messing with somebody else, then my health comes into question and I have to question you because I possibly, you know, I don't wanna, in the gay community especially. You know, catch an STD or even worse, some kind of other illness, right? So I don't. I feel like she has the right to be upset because they were in, they were dating each other, and again, dating, like Angela said, mm. it means different things to different people. Sometimes dating means okay, we're close to being in that relationship because it's going that way, but others just feel like no, I'm just testing out the waters, but I could do whatever I want, and I get that. I get both sides, but. Again, I don't feel like he was in the right. So it's just, it's a messy situation. It's a, what would I do in that case? I would drop his ass and cry about it later. Period. Emphasis on cry about it later. (laughs) Emphasis brought to you by the dogs. All right. So our next scenario, this one I feel is going to be controversial just because there's different opinions on this. This is more, you know, in the middle and everybody's going to either agree or disagree with it. So we have Jasmine and Lauren. They had been texting for a while when they decided to go on a date. After the date, Jasmine would take longer to reply to text. And when she did, they were short and uninterested. Eventually, Jasmine ghosted completely and stopped replying. So Lauren is mad and upset that Jasmine didn't just say she wasn't interested, but Jasmine says she didn't want to hurt her feelings and thought ghosting would make it easier. So Beverly, what's your take on this one?
1: I feel that Lauren already knew what was up. If I'm not texting, if I'm not showing interest, obviously I'm not interested. I shouldn't have to tell you that I'm not interested. You see it in the text. You see it by the way I'm replying. You already should know. So, mm. like, mm. I
2: didn't, I don't know what the other girl was expecting from, like, the short and, like, unresponsive text. Like, what you think was going to happen, that you're going to go on a date or become, like, in a, or be in a relationship all of a sudden from, like, the little barely any texting or whatever. Exactly.
0: I, <laughs> <laughs> I, you guys are right. You guys are right. But there has been a part of me in the past because this has happened to me so many times and yes shame, uh, sad me poor life whatever but it's it's happened to me where people have this has happened we go on a date or we hang out or we barely talk and then little by little they show less interest in you know in texting it becomes less frequent like i've talked about it in previous podcast episodes but i think we when i say we i mean people who Make up stuff in their head, you know, I'm not trying to make stuff up in my head, but that if I feel like I like somebody, then all of a sudden I start overthinking everything and I start, you know, creating this idea of what me and this person can become. And, I'm, mm-hmm. you know, on the other end, the person could give two dams about you, like right. they could give two shits about you. And I've been on that side where I've always expected an answer from somebody as to why they backed away or why they did something and it's happened to me you know i've worked through a lot of stuff but it sucks because you want to be with somebody but that person doesn't want to be with you
2: i mean i absolutely agree with that too like obviously i'm sure whatever the girl's name is she would want to hear a hey i'm sorry i'm just not interested or a lost interest whatever the case may be but i feel like with like the uh uninterested texting no, short answers. That's like actions speak louder than
0: words. Yeah, and I've told, I've told people multiple times, you know, when I've reconnected with those people who ghosted me somehow, I've reconnected with <laughs> oh, some shit. of them. Nails. That sounds toxic. <laughs> but I've, we've talked about it. What was the reason? I am a person that always needs answers, but guess what? People do not owe you Explanations anything. Yeah. or anything.
2: That's something that like, it's hard to accept. Like you don't, you're not always gonna get a, a an I'm sorry or an explanation because that's just how people
1: are. Sometimes it's not about you. Just yeah. like move on, let it go. Mm-hmm. It's not. I probably wasn't personal. It's just right now she wasn't interested. You should have gotten the hints, the hints, but you couldn't take the hints. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's on you. Like
2: I mean, I think because like when she wasn't taking taking the hint, I think that was just like. I don't know, cause like, what you do, I guess, kind of, like, making up, like, scenarios,
1: like, a happy ending.
2: Well, or your, like, what, you
0: know, ifs. your like what, what ifs. Your what ifs. There we go. Your what ifs mess you up? Well,
1: yeah. Yeah, that's a y'all problem. I don't be like, what if. I'm like, what the fuck? He ain't texting back? Oh, fuck him. I know. And. <laughs> because, like, that's yeah.
2: also me, like, if we're not, like, exclusive, then I wouldn't, like, get my hopes up high. Yeah. Especially when they're not... And I think that's that the
0: issue best. with a lot of people is they set mm. their hopes high all the way for their standards yeah. or... you know, yeah. No, yeah, their hopes. They set their hopes really high at the beginning and then they get disappointed when it's not enough for them or they just start going crazy and doing stuff that <laughs> are pushing people away. Because <laughs> right. I've pushed people away by having these ideas in my mind, setting... I don't know, it's...
1: Okay, so I feel like you're... Your uh, expectations are up know, here. Yeah. Mine's are like down here. Like yeah. I don't expect nothing from nobody. But you expect mm-hmm. everybody to be just as kind or have a good heart just like yeah. you. Or I'm like, no.
2: I just get the same energy back. You're not going to give me the time of day. I'm not going to give you the time of day. If you're, if you're going to you know, go out of your way to you know, hang out with me, whatever, I'll do the same. Right. Match energy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I agree. No more begging. So, our next scenario is we have a gay couple here, Anthony and Michael. They had been together for three years when Michael moved cities. They decided to stay together and see if they can make a long distance relationship work. When Anthony was visiting, he realized that Michael had a grinder installed on his phone. So, grinder, for those of you who don't know, who are listening to this episode, grinder is a gay hookup app. I'm not even going to call it a dating app because it's a hookup app. Anyone that wants to argue with this, you can message me on my social media. Yeah, you can fight me pretty much. It's a hookup app. So, so Grinder, he he found out that that Michael had a Grinder installed on his phone. So when he confronted it, confronted him about it, Michael said it was just a way for him to make friends in a new city. And that Anthony was overreacting for being angry about it. So I'll, I'll let you guys start with this one because I know from experience what the hell this is. <laughs> go ahead.
1: So many ways to make friends and you want to go that way? You want to go that way? Just like B said, he knows what grinder is for. No. Get a job. Get some coworkers. Do something a little different because that is not the way. There's other ways to make friends.
2: Like just like look up like events around the area,
1: like I don't know something. Concerts. Look, join, join the, the group. gym. Join Get the a hobby. <laughs> Whatever you gotta do, but right. no, But grinder of all things, okay.
0: no. And that's where I'm at. I mean, grinder. I mean, I've had experience with it. Like I used to use it back then, J-Mommy, I used to use it back then, but it's a hookup app. It that's all it is. There are people that are on there that are like just looking for friends. Shut the By, hell
2: up. You lie. But do better. <laughs> do better. I'm <laughs> like,
0: friends do things too, okay? So, right. you're just on there for a hookup. And I don't feel like, I feel like if I were ever in a relationship and someone were to have a grinder, like... No. It's... Red flag. That's a red flag right there. I don't...
1: He knew what he was doing. He was find, trying to find some new dick in a new city. Mm-hmm. hmm He said, I
2: want some guy. No! that Texas dick. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so we all agree that having the grinder app is not that's, that's not, not what not the way to go your intentions are not to find a friend it's to find a hookup especially when you're in a long distance relationship you need some sex that's yeah. what that's what you're asking for yep like what you so, think is going to
2: happen after or during a long distance
0: like yeah yeah i i agree i agree so we're going to move on to our next scenario. So this next one is about an unfaithful friend. This is a situation. So let's just say you go out with your husband for dinner at a new restaurant. You have, uh, you have not frequented before, right? It is in the part of town you rarely visit. You are shocked to see your friend's spouse having dinner. So this is your friend's spouse. Having dinner with a very young, attractive person. And from the way they are behaving, it is obvious they are more than friends. The couple finish their meal and leave without seeing you. They behave very affectionately on the way out the door. So, Beverly, what would you do? What's your thought? What's your take on this?
1: That ain't your friend. I'm going to keep walking. I don't know nobody. (laughs) I don't know anything. I've never met this person in my life. Most likely, if he's cheating, she already knows, but doesn't care. Oof. She said, "I say what I said. I, I said, said what I, said, what I, what I said. said in this tone.
0: The door is closed.
1: <laughs> I don't know that man. I don't know that woman.
0: I'm. You're minding your, your own business. My, it's
1: none of our business.
0: Mm-mm. Okay. Okay. What about you, Angela? What do you think? Maybe
1: think get involved. It's
2: kind of like it, that's when it gets even messier. I mean, it's already messy, but like it'll get even messier. So I'll just mind my
0: business. I'm the definition of messy. So oh, shit. I, I don't
2: instigating it. I,
0: I don't know. I don't know how much I would get involved. I just don't know. But it would eat away at me. I would just because that's my friend who's being cheated on. And who knows? My friend's probably being a hoe out there too, cheating. Yeah. Right. True. But no, you know what? Maybe I do turn turn an eye. Maybe People just got to learn lessons on their own.
1: The only reason I say what I said is because something like that has happened to me. So, and then it happened to
0: you or to a friend, to
1: a friend. Uh And it kind of, when I told her and I let her know it broke up our relationship. It was never really the same. Mm -hmm. She knew this guy was cheating. I swear she did. She didn't tell me that she knew he was cheating, but she most likely did. Because even after I told her they were still together, but our relationship shifted a little bit. I shouldn't have said nothing. It ain't got shit to do with me. So that's why I think the way I think about situations like this. Half the time, they already know. You know something's up, especially your spouse. Come on. Coming on late at night, you know, like, Mm -hmm. you know when the switch up, when he's turning his phone away. You know. These people know they just don't care.
0: That's true. And from personal experience, I've dealt with stuff like that in life. I mean, not specifically me, but people Mm -hmm. I've cared about that have. You know, that's a whole other topic that I can talk about is cheating, but that, even that's their stuff to handle. That's Mm -hmm. their stuff, and it's not for me to get involved in or talk about anything with, you know? Yeah,
2: it's their relationship, not those two and then like five other people in
1: the relationship. No, it's between those two. Now when my friend comes to me and says, he cheated on me. I need you. We're going to go slash a tire. Yeah. I mean, I'll come with you.
0: <laughs> How many tires are slashing? Three. Three, because the insurance yes. <laughs> Toxic. I toxic. we know
1: that, but yes. Three. Because I already know. But I'm going to still support my friend, love her. But I'm not going to get into that. I'm not going to go tell her. She, she knows. She's going to find out. The way she should find out. And I'm be yeah. right there to support her. Mm-hmm. Tapping on a show like that. Oh, I think
0: that's what a good friend can oh, yeah, only do. I oh, do no.
1: but no, I'm not telling her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm acting like I didn't see nothing. Same. I'm like, I'm um, mm, not. Huh? <laughs>
0: Bro, what are we eating? Let's let's stop talking about this. I'm
1: going say, can I get a new seat, please? Be, be in the background.
2: Oh, he put his arm around her. <laughs>
1: oh, he, he she kissed
2: her, him on the Girl, cheek. I'm not doing <laughs> it.
1: I'm not doing that. No. I'm gonna enjoy my food at that restaurant. I didn't see nobody. That chicken is lovely. Friend. The only <laughs> thing I noticed was the chicken on my plate.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's the hottest thing here. Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: No, right. So, so we all agree we wouldn't mess. I mean, I kind of no. did start off by saying that I was, but no. At the no. end, you know, it's, no. not I'm, it. it's not worth it to lose a friendship like that. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know. They'll find out eventually because, like, I always think yeah, yeah, the yeah. truth yeah. always comes out no they matter are, what. They
1: probably already know. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. They know. They know. They probably agreed to go on separate dates. Who knows?
2: Mm-hmm. Maybe they're um, what's it? Swingers. I might call her swingers. Swingers. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <Spears. laughs> That Another topic we could talk about. Swingers. Oh, <laughs> okay, so we're moving on to the next topic, uh, the, our next scenario. This next one is about a friend telling a secret. Your friend tells you that they committed a crime. They explain that they are having trouble sleeping at night and feel you are the only one that they can trust with their confession. A few days later, you read in the paper that someone has been arrested for your friend's crime. So what's your t- What's your guys' take on this?
1: First of all, I am mad at my friend for telling me this. Now I can't sleep at night. <laughs> I have to think about what the hell she did. And now I'm an accomplice because you done told me. And I know. I'm pissed off. I'm not snitching,
0: though.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're right. I'm not snitching. Though. I
0: is blind. No.
1: <laughs> I don't know nobody. I don't know nothing.
0: What's my name? <laughs> <laughs>
1: They didn't do their job right.
0: Yeah. Who didn't do their job right? <laughs> the
1: detective. It's not my job. It's not my job to find out who did the murder. It's your job. And they didn't do it right. So this
0: is a system issue. A is system. that
1: what?
0: I It's a system.
1: Definitely. <laughs> like, yeah, no. And I'm not being a part of that system. They didn't do their job. If they did their job right, the wrong person wouldn't be in jail. But gladly, I'm glad my friend's free, you know? <laughs> right. Angela what was going to take on this.
2: I don't know. I feel like I'd, I'd be more stuck on, like, what did she do? Why would you
0: do that crime? Like, what? What? What are you doing? Yeah, I – ooh, that that's a tough one because it all just depends on the type of crime that is – the type of crime that was committed. So, like I was saying, I it all just depends on the crime because – if it's something like robbery, of course I'm not gonna say anything. It's none of my mm-hmm. damn business. I, and none of it is ever. It ever should be my business. It shouldn't be. But if this is something like murder, I no still none of my business. But at the same time, someone's going to prison for a crime they didn't commit. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. Again,
1: blame the system.
0: Blame the system.
1: <laughs> Fight
0: yeah. for justice when you know what the right thing to do is. <laughs> Blame. I'm here to march, but I don't know what. I I don't know who did it.
1: <laughs>
0: we need to fix it, but you know, you need to find who did it first.
1: Who did it? I don't know.
0: <laughs> who who done it?
1: <laughs> I, was, I wasn't there. I don't know. I never. But heard. the real question is, would you still be with
2: your friend who commit the actual crime? Yeah, we friends. I guess. I mean, depending <laughs> on like, <laughs> so, like, <laughs> like I guess it depends on the mirror. Would you still want to be friends with a robber or like a murderer? I don't know. I'll be, I'd be scared. I'd be fine. We're friends.
0: I wouldn't. I would just probably distance myself. Well, it all just depends because now at this point in my life, you know, I have friends, but at the same time, nothing's set in stone with everybody. You know what I mean?
2: I mean, imagine being friends with the Night Stalker before he became the actual Night
1: Stalker and then he committed all these friends. friends. There we go.
2: Yeah. But you don't know exactly. who
0: that is. What does that to do? I don't
1: know who the Night Stalker is. You don't know who that is? What is, is? It? No. The uh, Netflix Ramirez. documentary. I didn't
0: watch it. Oh, she didn't watch it. Oh, okay. she don't get it.
1: Okay, so well then. But she still mind. would turn up blind But she still like, right. right. <laughs> it's kind of like saying if your son or his daughter did something like that, you're still going to love them unconditionally. I'm still like a woman of God at the end of the day. Of course. And forgiveness to me is okay. People make mistakes.
0: I, I've seen so... situations though. and it, I mean, there's some of them are movies and some of them are real but, life, but uh, I've seen situations where they turn their son or yeah. daughter in. Dissell even them. though they forgive them.
1: You can, I could do that too, but I ain't finna turn nobody in yeah. <laughs> cuz I'm not a snitch, but yes. yes. I'm not going to sit around and say like I'm not going to snitch, but I'm not going to like just cut them off completely. Yeah. Distance
2: know. is like a better way to say so,
1: it. So like if she was or he was to get like caught up and went to jail, I'd probably still write them every yeah. once in a I'd still be their friend. That's what I'm saying. I'm not just cutting you off because of a mistake that you made. mm mm-hmm. Mhm that's where that sits with me i mean i know some people do some wrong things but i don't want to like you know if they were kind to me they didn't do nothing wrong to me possibly write them but they would have to be a little bit of a changed person i'm guessing this night stalker probably killed yes dozens you really have never heard of Richard
2: ramirez i am so fucking mind blown right now it's like how do you not
0: know girl she was part of it what you talking about i was
1: at church okay I'm not worried
0: about no damn night stalker. Mm. She went to church during the day. That's what she's saying. Mm. I ain't worried about the nighttime. No. (laughs) Okay. If you see me outside, (laughs) I don't know you. (laughs) (laughs) So that was an interesting one. Again, people have different views on this. Uh, So we'll move on to our next little scenario. The next topic is, or our next scenario, or yeah, topic is when you invite someone to dinner or someone to eat, a friend or a family, or it just all depends on the situation. So when you invite someone, do you necessarily have to pay for the whole bill? Angela, what do you think?
2: I think it depends, I guess. I don't know. I mean, if it's like a date, then I think I would. But if it's friends i don't know weird because it's like saying oh whenever you invite me to like go to all garden and eat it's like saying oh you're gonna pay for hey my meal.' like that's right hey exactly <laughs> <laughs> so mm-hmm. i think it could dip- if it's like a date and yeah pay for the meal but if it's like just a friend thing then you split the bill
1: i pretty much agree with that if what? we're going out as friends maybe even if i'm going out with my sister we're paying for each of our own things. I mean, we got a lot going on. Bills.
0: Mm-hmm. We ain't got time to be
1: paying for each other all the time I ask you out. Right. So every time I ask you out, I have to pay They're for right. you Right? to hang out with you. is costing me all this money. Okay, well, guess what? When I don't hang out with you, don't say shit. Right.
0: <laughs> I mean, you you're... never invite me
1: out. I wonder why. Because <laughs> right. your ass make me pay every single time. Yeah. So, no. But if it's a date, like you said, definitely the person that invites them out pays. If it's a birthday... Like a special occasion. A special Not every special occasion, mm-hmm. but if like if it's a birthday, uh, definitely you're going to pay for that friend. It's their birthday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's expected. But besides that, no. Most people, you pay yours, I pay mine. If you need help, that's a different story. You right. want me to help you out, just let me know. But besides that, everybody pays for their own stuff. Mm-hmm.
0: I kind of agree with that. No, I do agree with that. 100%. <laughs> yeah. Because I've been this... I wanted to talk about this today because I have experienced, you know, situations like this in the past. I've dealt with people, you know, having just different thoughts on this. And my thought is, you know, I was raised by my parents to, you know, always pay for yourself, Mm -hmm. cover for yourself. Like, you don't depend on anybody. That was our mentality. You never depend on anybody. Mm -hmm. So if I wanted to go out, if someone invites me and I say yes... That uh, then I'm saying that I have enough money to cover for myself. Right. I'm not going to go. And then all of a sudden at the end, be like, hey, you invited me. You need to pay for this. I don't know. I've had situations where people we've gotten into. I mean, they don't say it right there and then. But later on, it becomes a topic of discussion. Mm -hmm. Why? um, Why did you invite if you weren't going to pay for this? And no, it's not my responsibility unless I'm on a date. Mm-hmm. or I'm talking to someone, and yes, I'll include talking to someone, not even dating, sure. then I'll pay for them. Or if it's my parents, I'll pay for them. Yeah. If it's someone, like someone younger than me, a nephew, a niece, mm-hmm. a, a younger cousin, then I'll pay for them. But when it comes to friends and all that, just anybody like a coworker, we're all going to pay for ourselves.
1: Right. Don't feel obligated for me to pay for you. Yeah. Just right. cause I. And I don't
0: think anybody out. should put anyone down or right. shame them into thinking that, you know, they're a bad person because they didn't pay for it all after inviting. And I don't think it's right.
1: Right. I agree. Mm-hmm. Plus,
2: like, you could be, like, budgeting money for yourself so you can, you know, pay for the food.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. So,
1: if you ain't got no money, stay Water. the hell. Right. like right. so you can't come. I'm looking
0: right. at the menu and I'm looking at how much our state tax is going to cover for my food. I'm <laughs> oh, looking how much oh, I'm going to pay at the time when I get there. If I get an extra soda, how much extra is that? Yeah. I'm paying for myself, not you. Mm-hmm.
1: You ain't got no money. So, therefore why are you out you know you don't
0: have
1: money why are you out so your broke ass home what is yeah. that
0: phone <laughs> isn't that like Fergie yes, yes. yes. Fergalicious <laughs> so that's that's why I brought it up because a lot of people think differently and it's just some cool discussion that we can have about what do you do in those situations Stay your broke-ass home. Stay your broke-ass home. (laughs) So moving on to our next and final uh, topic of discussion. I wanted to talk about, because we've had many conversations about this, is if you're friends, do you have to constantly reach out to them? Do you have to be texting them constantly? Do you have to see each other constantly to be good friends? Facebook knows. I mean, all yeah. of Facebook knows there's a lot of people that have, they have different thoughts. There's people who are more emotional than others, <laughs> <laughs> oh. but they think, they, they think slightly, slightly. I'm not saying drastically, but slightly differently than what others might think. So when it comes to being a friend, does it make you a bad friend if you don't text them like
1: no?
0: every other day or more frequent? That's
1: kind of a lot. <laughs>
2: It is. Not every other day, but like
0: once a week, just checking up on them.
1: We are grown. We got stuff to do. We got jobs to work. People have husbands, wives, family. We got stuff to do. We don't have time to be... Having high-maintenance friends, wanting mm-hmm. to be over all the time, always in your face, wondering what you're doing. Damn, are we in a relationship? <laughs> are we married? <laughs> are we married? I need some time. I need some low-maintenance friends. Right. And that's what I'd like to have. I mean, we, you know, talk a little bit, text a little bit, see how each other's doing, but you're not in my face all the time. <laughs> yeah, Because that's annoying. Right. I mean, if, it's some, if
2: some, there's something wrong, I would hope you wanted, like, to call me, text me, whatever. But if it's not, like, anything in of importance, then, you know, we'll talk
0: when we talk, when we have time. I agree with that. But at the same time, I always feel like I need assurance that we yeah. are friends. Um, and maybe this just goes into that whole topic of me dating someone or whatever. But I feel like a friend. Yeah, you don't necessarily have to be talking all the time. You can be good friends. Like, I do have friends. For example, you guys. We talk. But not as often, right? And we're still good every single time we see each other. Um, And I feel, but I do feel like maybe this is just a whole different topic. It goes into dating someone or talking to someone. But I think as a friend, no, you know, I'll change my stance because, yeah, you don't have to be constantly talking. You can talk every once in a while, hang out maybe like once a month, once every two months, and you'll be fine.
1: And like Angela said, if you need me, you can text me. You can call me. I'm not saying none of that. I'm just saying, like, if you feel like our friendship will not be the same because we're not texting or calling each other every five seconds, that's a problem. Right. But if you need me, like, hey, I'm going through this, I got you. But mm-hmm. if we're just normal day, doing nothing, yeah. like, we're just chilling, like... I got nothing to say most of the time. <laughs> I have nothing to say. I'm
0: looking for a best friend. That's that's the issue. I'm looking for a best friend now.
1: <laughs> you can still be a best friend. Call me when you need me. I got you for anything, any help, relationship, financial whatever call me i got you but if we're just chilling and you're on your own, being annoying asking the same questions over <laughs> and over again about this relationship i didn't told you what i had to say and you keep going on and on about the same thing i, I gave already said you my what I said
2: and you're still on the
1: same topic
0: exactly <laughs> i heard you damn <laughs> <laughs> <That sounded
1: clear. laughs> like, i already told you no no what now what do you want from me what you want me to do right but like why do you feel like you need reassurance from your friends
2: do you feel like oh because you haven't talked for this amount of time that means you're not friends anymore like insecurities I don't know I mean you sometimes it
0: have... it stems from insecurities and not being sure about yourself you know yeah you like always yeah not confident, that, yeah, like not that you're confident you don't feel like and I, and this sounds deep or whatever and it shouldn't <laughs> be but it sounds like it it feels like sometimes you're not just you're not good enough mm-hmm. to hold down some friends you know what I mean
1: Bad that... <laughs> like,
0: I mean <laughs> get your insecure ass out of here. <laughs>
2: Like you need to Weak your, ass. You need to have your like confidence in your friends to know like oh they're loyal to you they love you they care about you they'll do this and that for you like you. I, yeah. yeah, I'm
1: secure enough in my friendships where I know like they ain't talking no shit. If you want to talk shit, better say it to my face. Right. Like, I, I don't have that in the back of my mind just wondering are they talking shit because no, I, I don't. I don't know. I guess I'm secure enough in my friendships yeah. that I don't think they're doing that at all. Right. At mm-hmm. all. Same. So.
0: It's a good topic a good topic because a lot of people constantly need that reassurance or need no. need to feel the need to be close to somebody all the time
1: right they need to get in a relationship i think yeah. that's what it
0: is <laughs>
1: that's, what they need to-
0: that's what it is <laughs> that's- ding 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 <laughs> yeah, 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 that's why yeah. i brought it up no, right. just you know i bet just being in a
1: relationship so they need to get mm-hmm. in a relationship that's what it is it is Mm-mm. i'm tired mm-hmm. i ain't got time
0: yeah Oof, so that was interesting <laughs> So oh,
1: hit
0: hard. <laughs> that was the end of our little what would you do or our little scenarios out there. Just getting, you know, just talking about some situations and how we think we all think differently as human beings. We agreed on some things we disagreed on some others and that's OK. So I appreciate Beverly Bye. <laughs> and Angela Bye. for for being in this podcast episode. I look forward to having more people on my podcast. So please tune in and share this like this. Thank you so much for listening and stay tuned for my ninth episode. Hey guys, welcome to my ninth episode of B plus thoughts. And today I wanted to bring on somebody, one of my friends, one of my uh, close coworkers, or she used to work with me, but not anymore. Um, her name is Erica Bowen, so I'll go ahead and let her introduce herself.
3: Hi, I'm Erica Bowen, and I've known B for about a year. I teach with him in the. Clark County School District. I have been a teacher for 24 years, and I did most of that in California. And then my husband and I relocated to Las Vegas about a year and a half ago. Uh, We wanted a change. So um, I'm enjoying the heat of Las Vegas. Mm (laughs)
0: And this is Erica, and the reason I feel confident enough or comfortable enough to have her on an, a podcast episode is because I've grown close to her. Um, me and her are kind of the same person, even though we have different backgrounds, we're different ages, that doesn't really matter. But we we always have gotten along, and she was my work bestie when she worked with me, but now she doesn't. <laughs> but we're here to talk about her her life story um not necessarily her life story but just her family and we wanted to just share because we feel like this is important to just talk about because often enough uh special needs um families and their stories don't get shared enough and we don't think about it too much Um, because i know for example so erica's son is on the spectrum he has autism and I know from experience, and I can't really say because uh, no one in my family is on the spectrum, but I have volunteered for camps in the summer that are for kids with autism and families. Um, They're all welcome. And I've experienced, I've seen a lot of things that, you know, it's not easy. It's not easy um, raising a child with autism and me just volunteering it was it was difficult i'm not going to lie it was difficult because there were a lot of challenges um things that we're not used to in in life sometimes or we're not exposed to sometimes and it was just a great experience to see that and you can see definitely a different level of appreciation for families who go through that or um, just the individuals who deal with it so, I'm going to go ahead and uh, ask you, Erica. So, your son, Jake, mm-hmm. he is on the spectrum. He has autism. Yes. At what age did you have Jake?
3: Um, I had Jake when I was 41. No, I'm sorry, 42. And I had just turned 43 after, so I had him late in life. Um, We started to notice, um, some difficulties. Actually, my husband started to notice when he turned a year old that he wasn't hitting milestones that he should have because he has children, um, from a previous marriage. Um, and at 12 months, Jake had all his milestones, but by Fifteen months, he was missing some milestones, but by eighteen months, he had none of his milestones, and it was at that point that we noticed as well that he stopped talking. Um, he started off with some words, and then all of a sudden, just stopped. And we thought uh, that it might be attributed to all of his ear infections, and he got tubes in his ears. But once he got the tubes in his ears, he still didn't start talking again. And we noticed the isolation and we noticed the um, going in patterns, doing the same pattern in the house, running back and forth and spinning the car wheels round and round. So we first um, got him into speech therapy when he was, roughly 18 months and it was at that point my husband said you know i think we might want to look at autism and i said huh really what Nah. you're no i don't you don't know what you're talking about and it was soon after that that i actually had to stay home with jake for a sick day and i just kind of sat there and just watched him and thought huh maybe So we got him diagnosed and during that process, I was very nervous um, because at that point he was tantruming a lot and melting down because we didn't know how to deal with, you know, what he was going through. And I got to the point where I was nervous that they wouldn't give him a diagnosis. And if they didn't give him a diagnosis, then what was going on? I mean, we can't be that cuckoo. Um, So it came back that at 23 months he was diagnosed on the spectrum he was diagnosed as a severe 3 um which i guess is it's on a scale of 1 2 and 3 um and it was very hard um but at the same time it was a relief knowing that yes we weren't going crazy that you know, there was something that was different. And for a little bit, you know, we mourned not having a neurotypical child. But I've since changed my thinking to where, you know, this is, he is just simply amazing. You know, he's different, but he's amazing. Um, there have been a lot of struggles. Um, he was initially nonverbal. Now I would consider him limited verbal. Um, he is doing the echolalia where he will repeat things, um, that you say to him and occasionally he will talk on his own. Um, I think he's also just stubborn where he'll talk when he wants to. <laughs> he just doesn't want to cause usually he's very persistent and can get his needs met. And I think sometimes that's a downfall as us as parents that we um, don't make them do things for themselves that will just automatically do it. And I think it's, you know, any kid, you know, it's just easier to do it for them and not allow them to be independent. And I've always said, I want him to be as independent as possible. Um, I'm noticing though we moved schools this year and I'm really liking his teacher because he's helping to make him more independent. And um, so last night, he's getting the whole juice carton out of the fridge because he wants juice, opening the dishwasher because he wants a glass out of the dishwasher and it's just like wow it's just you know and that teacher is really pushing him to be more independent and I'm really grateful for that because that's something that I am struggling with even though I'm a teacher and I know better but it's extremely different when it's your own child because you don't want to see them struggling you want to do things for them and make it all better um But yeah, it's been a, it's been a long road. It's been, I mean, I wouldn't change anything, um, but it's definitely been hard. When he was initially diagnosed, everybody's like, what are you talking about? He's not autistic. He's fine. He'll grow out of it. I learned very quickly, you got to go with your gut. You know, you can't just listen to people, you know, when they say, oh, no, 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 no. Because they don't want to hear it even my own dad didn't want to hear it which i thought was ironic because um i have a nephew who's on the spectrum as well and i don't know you know why that was an issue but since then he's you know had no problem accepting him and you know just loving on him and all that but um it is it is difficult, but I wouldn't, you know, trade it for anything. You you like to, you get excited for the little things that a lot of times neurotypical parents take for granted, you know, when they smile at you because he doesn't, he laughs, but he doesn't always smile at you anymore. And um, just affection and cuddles and things like that. Um, that's not something that I take for granted. I, um, I'm very grateful when I get them. I was telling, uh, B not too long ago that Jake was sick and, um, you know, I can't comfort him. He just he has to be in that right mood. I can't, you know, like soothe him. He wants to self soothe, which a part of me is glad, but at the same time, you know, you don't want to see your baby in pain. You want to help them. And he's gotten better as he's gotten older with that, but he still, you know, um, has, has a whole ways to go. I'm, I can't wait to see, you know, what he accomplishes in life and, um, what he's going to be capable of. Um, I can't wait. I'm just, you know, waiting for the day that he, you know, will tell me a full sentence or there's times where he kind of argues with me and I'm like, yes, I want you to argue with me. Okay. I really don't, but (laughs) you know, that's progress. You know, you're telling me no, or, you know, what have you. So, um, I just take comfort in the the little things, and I have to look for different ways to know that, you know, he loves me, whereas he doesn't tell me, he shows me, and he's definitely shown me how to be a better parent and how to be, I think, basically, you know, a better human being and to, you know, listen to those cues and not just take everything for granted.
0: So thank you for sharing a bit of that. And I know from experiences, it's not easy. It's not easy being a parent just from all the conversations I've had. So all the camps that I've done in in the summer before COVID, of course, thank you, COVID, for shutting all that down. Um, there are camps camps out there and there's programs everywhere. You just have to find them where, mm-hmm. you know, families can look for some something to do some kind of program for example the summer camps Mm -hmm. the kids stay overnight for three to four days and it's not necessarily for the parents to yes it's it's to give the parents a little bit of a break because it's stressful but it's also a great opportunity for uh, kids on the spectrum to go and socialize with Mm -hmm. other kids on the spectrum to give them that social aspect that you know often enough the real world doesn't offer them yes um because i know I know for a fact that no humans are perfect, and anything, and some of us don't know how to handle certain situations. So I've seen situations in school where where they're excluded often enough socially, or other kids they're still not developed enough to be to think appropriately or make the appropriate right choices when it comes to uh, when they associate themselves or come in contact with someone who who's on the spectrum Mm -hmm. so it's often difficult enough and these camps definitely help that and speaking to the parents they are so grateful for that social interaction Mm -hmm. because it gives them that time to just have fun be kids leave the real world behind because the real Mm -hmm. world sucks sometimes I'm not trying to sound depressing but it does Mm -hmm. and it gives them that time to not worry about anything, go swimming, do arts and crafts, be with a group of people who accept you for who you are. Mm-hmm. And that's why I love camp. And also, there's also this parents night out thing that <laughs> that we do is where parents sign up for it and they drop their um, their kid off right there at this at it's like a warehouse. And there's a whole bunch of volunteers and we run this little mini camp like once it, it, before covid, we had this often, but. They they would stay over there. We would have a movie. We would have different activities. It was a little movie. It was a little mini camp. So it was fun. And parents got a little break. They got to take their date night or something. Something that they usually don't have because they always have a lot on their hands. Um, so that little break for the parents, I know they're appreciative of that. And before, when I first volunteered, you know, I always wondered, oh, my goodness, this must this must take like a toll. And it does take a toll on parents. And I always thought that I associated you know stress with parents not being regretful of their life mm. and that's not the case like most of the parents I've seen or talked to they show more love than I've ever seen from anybody who has neurotypical children they care for them so much and they show they show it all and and that's why I love that being around that community and volunteering, because I get to see that, and it makes me a better person. I 'm not saying I'm perfect, no one's perfect, but you get to live different experiences and see how life is through other people's eyes. Um, so I want to talk about now how did, did this take a toll on you? I, I know you mentioned when he was diagnosed, you know you were at first you were kind of in denial, but then you started seeing more you know milestones being missed. Did it ever take a toll on you in terms of when it came to your family or or your husband? Mm-hmm. How did it affect you? Did you isolate yourself because you were... It, was there any depression or anxiety involved?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it definitely took a toll on uh, my marriage because it's very um, challenging, to say the least. And all the different care that uh, Jake needed and all the different therapies that we were going to back when we lived in California. Um, Unfortunately, because we moved here to Vegas and haven't had a chance to get him into any services due to COVID, um, we really haven't been, you know, experiencing that. So that's actually kind of lightened the load, but it definitely puts a strain when you have to put your child first and, you know, put your own relationship on the back burner um, and, you know, do what's best for them and then having stepkids, Um, that too was a strain as well. Uh, They were old enough that they could help, but sometimes they weren't always that helpful. (laughs) They wanted to be, but not always, um, and there are times even today, my husband and i don 't see eye to eye um, i 'm the first time parent, and I think that my husband, who now Jake is his third child, is more protective and worrisome than I am. You know, I would love to expose Jake to those camps and different kind of things and But my husband is very fearful because he has special needs. He uh, doesn't want him venturing as much. I know he wants him to be independent, but he's having a harder time letting go, Um, I think, because of Jake's special needs. Um, And, you know, that's also taken a toll as we've moved to Vegas. We haven't built up that... um, friend base to where we can, you know, say, Hey, could you watch Jake so we can go out and do something? Um, because my husband has been like, well, he's just very nervous opening up to new people and allowing them to, you know, take care of our son. And, and I am too, I get that. I get that. But, you know, I definitely wouldn't leave my son with anyone I didn't trust, But it also comes to a point where, you know, we need us time, you know, it's, we need to walk away and regroup and de-stress so that we can be better parents for Jake. Um, I mean, I have no other experience as far as kids go. I mean, I have stepkids, but I think that in and of itself is a different nutshell because, I only have so much say with my stepkids. And that's where a lot of our arguments came in, uh, when we had Jake, because he's like, well, you didn't act like this with the other kids. Well, that's because the other kids weren't mine. And I really didn't get a say. So I would put my two cents in and, you know, that would be it. Sometimes he would listen. Sometimes he wouldn't, but I had no control over that. I do have control over Jake because he is mine. So, um, there are definitely struggles with, you know, relationships and, and I hope that in the end it's making us stronger. Um, you know, I don't know. This is my first marriage. I, we've been married. 11 years first and, we, and only hopefully. Yes, first and only <laughs> And we've been together for 14 years So, you know, I'd like to say It's making us stronger, you know I don't know Time will tell We have no plans on, you know Calling it quits um, But it, it definitely is stressful With neurotypical And, you know um, Kids on the spectrum You know, but you got to take that break sometimes and do that self-care.
0: Thank you. So another thing that I wanted to talk about is I know parents, um, even parents with neurotypical children, you know, it, it's a hard thing to get. That. I know they want them to socialize, but they we all know how the school system is. And when they're in school, they could possibly get bullied or there and put in social groups where you know it's not right for them they'll make the right or the bad the wrong choice um so how much as a parent of someone who is on the spectrum how much does it worry you uh having as jake gets older like you said being more independent and making choices for himself how how do you think socially he would do or are there any concerns that you have with society right now that would make you worried about Jake growing older and being more independent?
3: Um, you know, that's a good question. I guess I haven't really, I'm kind of like thinking in the now. Um, I mean, I'm thinking long terms of in where I want to make him as independent as possible. But right now, I guess I'm not as concerned with the bullying um because he is in the autism program here in las vegas um so i guess i know he's sheltered in a way i mean i know he's gonna deal with the other children in the playground on the playground and in the cafeteria um but i feel very safe that you know that's not an issue at this time Um, I've been telling everybody, well, um, they're asking what are your plans for teaching? And I said, well, I'm gonna be here at this school until Jake goes to middle school because I don't wanna do middle school teaching. So what am I gonna do at that point? I think at that point, my anxiety is gonna be through the roof because he's not gonna be with me at my school or when my husband was teaching, he was with my husband. Um, And that's gonna definitely play a different part in how I'm gonna think. Right now, I think I'm just kind of burying my head in the sand and thinking everything is okay, when honestly, I really don't know. I mean, I think he is. I'm not hearing that he's being bullied, Um, but I wouldn't know either because of him being limited verbal You know, he wouldn't be able to express that verbally to me. I mean, I know he can express it with his actions, but what I actually know, I don't know. It's very hard unless I were to see it in action or one of his teachers were to see it and let me know. So I'm trusting that right now it's okay, but I do worry about that in the future
0: and the only reason i asked that question is because i know how society is Mm -hmm. i know we all have to fit in a box not necessarily there's you know we all create our own image of what who we want to be what we want to be uh but i asked that question because i know you get judged if you're something different than what the norm is considered to be for example if you're gay people can look down on you if you're if you're a lesbian if you're anything that's not normal if you're on the spectrum if if you just look different than others you're judged so that's that's why i asked that question and if you worry about that because i know that can be an issue sometimes Mm -hmm. um and then lastly i think the last question that i want to ask is how do you what what do you think goes on in the mind of someone on the spectrum Is that something you have thought about, or do you think it's just the same as any neurotypical person, just with different social aspects missing, or what do you think?
3: You know, that's a very interesting question. I honestly don't know. I find myself... reading different books and watching different documentaries because I am very interested to know um, what people on the spectrum think because with my son he's not very verbal so I don't know what he's thinking you know why why does he do what he does you know. Why does he stim? Why does he um, hit his hand on his stomach? It's all very interesting to me. And so I tend to look for, I guess it's older people on the spectrum so that they can uh verbalize, you know, what it is they're experiencing. I read a book from a um, Japanese boy who was on the spectrum and how when you flap your, no, I'm sorry, not flap your hands, but when you wave your hands in the air towards the light, how it's the way the light goes through your hands that is what they're doing that for. And I thought that was just very interesting. That's not something as a neurotypical person I would even think of. Um But I'm just, I want to know more. and And it could be that you know, neurotypically he's, you know, doing the same thing, but that he's just, you know, overstimulated with those senses. Um, I also not too long ago watched a documentary about young kids on the spectrum dating and they seem to have the same problem that neurotypicals do, you know, it just because, you know, they're on the spectrum, it doesn't make them, uh, different. It's just, they experience it differently. And, and I think just that social awkwardness, they have a bit of a hard time, but they still experience, you know, those same things. I would love to know, you know, what my son is thinking and, um, I can't wait for that day where he can express it. And I hope that day comes, um, so that I can know, you know, how to help him better, and you know, just what it is he's going through, that would be a very big
0: thing. And I only ask that question because I, I feel like it's important. I've experienced things where I've had conversations with those who are on the spectrum that. It's interesting to really get into what actually goes on in their mind, how they think, how they think about social situations, how they interact with others, and everybody's different. Again, everybody on the spectrum, they're all different. Everyone is, they do things differently, just like all of us humans, we're all different. Uh, And it's very interesting because there was one, there was this one, uh, he was a teenager, um, but I remember I went to a summer camp and he if I gave him any dates in, in time. Like, mind you not not anything like oh, what day did this fall on? May seventeenth, nineteen fifty two. No, not that far back. But if you told him anything if you asked him, hey, what, what day did let's say for example, October thirteenth fall in nineteen ninety five, that kid knew the day. And I would look it up on my phone and he was correct. And it's just interesting things like that. What goes on in their mind? How do they think? Mm -hmm. Why do they do the things that they do? And how do they see it? Um, So I think that's just interesting. That's something interesting that we can all just keep on looking at. Mm -hmm.
3: And you also reminded me that my nephew, who's also on the spectrum, he's 19. And he is super amazing with um, sports statistics. Ask him anything and he'll be able to tell it to you. And I'm just like looking at him in awe. But yet, you know, I don't know. He's not very verbal when it comes to his feelings and expressing himself. And um, I wish my brother would be more accepting of him on the spectrum. And I don't personally feel that he is I thought it would be a good thing when my son was born and we discovered that he too was on the spectrum that it would encourage my brother to um get my nephew more support and unfortunately now that my nephew is over 18 it all has to be my nephew's decision and you know of course he doesn't want to be different so Um, He doesn't want to do that, but I would really love to know if he would open up to me, you know, how his brain works and how is it he knows all those sports statistics, statistics, especially football. He loves football. Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. No, I agree. I always want to understand, you know. Because I think differently than other people, some people the things that I find interesting they're kind of like uh you're a little weird but but I think that's the main that's the main thing about this is just how how do we know why we do what we do as human beings we're all different today's topic was just talking about you know how you deal with um how your family looks in, in general. How do you feel about it? How does it feel um, having a child who is on the spectrum? And we all just want to understand different aspects, different viewpoints of of just a family that's human mm-hmm. and how different it can look for everybody else. So I want to thank you for uh, thank you. coming on to this episode. Uh, we wanted to talk about that. Now we have a little more and then... We could always do more research on hey, what's going on um and I know I would love to look into everything that you just mentioned today, mm-hmm. um just so I can get a better idea, even though I do volunteer and all that, and I've done it for about ten years, mm-hmm. there's still more that I can learn about that because it's interesting we all i mm-hmm. i don't know it's just interesting to learn about to experience Absolutely. um so thank you, Erica, for being on this podcast
3: episode you are very welcome thank you for having me and i would love to um do this again and you know dig deeper um i'm constantly wanting to learn more and you know i want to be the best parent i can to help my son in the best way
0: possible I agree. I agree. So thank you again for all you listening as well. Uh, Thank you for listening to this podcast episode, episode number nine. Um, And if you guys hear music in the background, uh, there's it's not mine, but it's music. So if it helps with the episode, then perfect. But if not, that's okay. So thank you for listening to this episode. Please like share, give me feedback, whichever one. I would greatly appreciate it. And stay tuned for my 10th episode.